Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. For those of you online, um, you may have missed this. I want to thank you for those of you that joined us in the season of prayer and fasting. And uh, thank you for participating in that. And in May of 21, the Lord gave us a word to prepare. And I think the Lord is doing something in his body today to prepare us for greater and for more. So he's wanting us to prepare, certainly spiritually. He's wanting us to prepare uh, physically and emotionally and mentally for whatever he wants to do. I believe that he's doing something individually in our lives And I believe that he's doing something corporately as part of Life Fellowship Ministries International. I think he's also doing something corporately for the entire body of Christ, not just our family and our fellowship and our church, but the body of Christ, not only in America, but worldwide. And so uh, I think that God is calling us to rise up. This season of 21 days of, of fasting and prayer is our response to his direction for us to prepare. And I, I want to I say something, a couple of things that may be a little strong to you today, but I really feel like the Lord is prompting me to say these things. Um, when, when the Lord directs me to do something... I want to be faithful and obedient in doing it. And there are times when I'm going to ask you to do things like the 21-day fast. And, uh, you know, I didn't ask anybody to fast for 21 days, but I ask all of us to fast and pray because, uh, you know, there could be a time where the Lord is speaking to me or to us as a family and saying, you need to fast and pray. You know, what? think about this. What if uh, China or Russia or North Korea was to nuke America and shut down all of our uh, power grids or all of those kinds of things. See, the Holy Spirit will give us insight and direction. He says, I will tell you of things to come. He's not a magic wand or any of that. But there are times when the Lord will give us insight and direction on what we need to do. And uh, there, there are people that I've uh, reached out to, either called or text, and they don't even respond. I'm not necessarily calling people just to chat. And many times the Lord will give me something or there's a reason that I'm calling or reaching out to them. I can't imagine my pastor uh, calling me or texting, texting me and not, me not responding. One, it's, it shows me uh, of a disrespect of the position and my spiritual authority over them. And, and it's just, in my opinion, rude. But when my pastor would reach out to me, you can bet that that would become a priority for me. And there are some in this, in this church that, that disregard that. And that, that hurts my heart because uh, here's where I lay my burden down. My burden is for you a lot of times. And I care for you. And I may have something that you need that the Lord is prompting me to call you or, or speak with you about. That may be confirmation to you of what the Lord is already speaking to. And so, you know, I'm not, I'm not uh, asking for people to uh, be yes, yes men or yes women. But at the same time, the Lord has placed me in spiritual authority over you. 
And I take that very seriously. You know, I've read the scripture. It says, obey your spiritual leaders for they look out for your soul. They will be accountable to God for yourselves. And so I take that really seriously. And, and uh, it, it breaks my heart when that happens. It doesn't happen a lot, but it happens with a few people. And I just, I know this is kind of tough. This, this is not things that I like sharing. But, uh, you know, um, I, that's all I'm going to say about that. But the Lord is calling us to prepare. Prepare. And he wouldn't call us to prepare unless there was a reason to prepare. And I wouldn't ask you to prepare unless I wasn't feeling, unless I was uh, feeling led by the Holy Spirit to do so. So I want you to know that uh, please hear this in love because that is my heart. My heart is love for you. For all of us to see us grow in Him. And uh, God is taking us to a different place, you know, and uh, we just need to, to be sensitive and follow His leading. So I want to encourage you to continue to fast and pray throughout the year as He helps us prepare. And there may be times when you wake up in the morning and, and you feel like the Holy Spirit's leading you to pray for a day or two or whatever. Just be obedient. And there may be times when I, throughout the year when I say, hey, hey, family, we need to, we've got some things going on that we need to pray about. Can we fast and pray for a day? So uh, also I want to remind you that we have the prayer list over there that we pray every Wednesday at the property from 10 to 11. And if you can join us uh, in person or if you want to join us, uh, you know, from wherever you are, that would be great. So this morning I'm talking, I'm concluding this uh, series on fasting. And today I want to talk about results. We'll be going to James chapter 5, 13 through 18. And Isaiah, Isaiah, I heard one guy say, he says, I don't know where he's from, England or something. Let's turn to Isaiah. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. And, uh, you know, one other thing regarding the fasting. Uh, I desire that we would have greater power in our lives, greater power in our prayer life that would be demonstrated as we go out and live this thing out. So uh, my first point, I didn't really give it to you, but I'm giving it to you now. But uh, we've talked about a lot. Seeking the Lord, listening to and obeying the Holy Spirit will lead us to pray according to the Lord's will. But we can pray. We can, we can answer a, uh, 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 we can give the solution to a problem, but it may not be the right answer. And uh, praying is always good, but we need to be praying in accordance with His will, not our own desires, but be in, in tune with Him. I talked about a couple of weeks how uh, the, the, Jesus saw what the Father was doing, and He did likewise. Jesus heard what the Father was saying, and He said likewise. My second point this morning is our relationship with the Lord and our obedience to Him leads us to a life of godly power. I don't want us to be a, a church of, of Christians that have no power. To be powerless. But to walk in the dominion and the power and the authority that God has allocated to us that he expects us to walk in. If your supervisor gives you authority for a project or uh, something to do, he's given you that power. You don't have to keep going back to, well, well uh, hey, boss, uh, do you, are you sure you want me to do this? Is, is this? No. Do it. 
And so God is saying, do it. Maybe that should be a, another phrase for us, do it. We can leave off the just and, and we'll be okay. Um, so let's go to Galatians chapter 5 before we go to James. Galatians 5, 16 says, So I say, let, allow, yield to, give response to the Holy Spirit. Let him guide your lives. Then, okay, so whenever we see then, we know that there is a condition that there are results that come from what the Lord is leading us to do. So when we allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide our lives, verse 16 continues, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. We will be walking in accordance with the Spirit. The Word says, do not walk in the, in the flesh. Or it says walk, and let me say it this way. It says walk in the Spirit, and you, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So we need to be walking in the Spirit. It doesn't mean that we, we never make any mistakes or that we never disobey because we, we all do. But we need to be focused on Him and listening to Him and walking according to His desires, yielding to the Holy Spirit. Fasting teaches us how to teach our spirit, our spirit man, to take authority over our flesh and our carnal human nature and desires. And so that's part of why we fast, is because we're reminded that we don't have to succumb to our flesh when it wants a box of Hostess cupcakes or a fifth of whiskey or a bag of weed or whatever it may be. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to lead me and make my decisions, not my flesh. And so it's a, it's a spiritual discipline and exercise that we all need. Not that that is the goal, but the goal is that we draw closer to Him. Please never misunderstand what I'm saying. When we talk about things that we do, it's not about what we do. It's who we are in Christ and how we become more connected to Him so that He can pour His power and authority through. Because God is looking for people that He can trust. And if, if you can't trust somebody with $100, are you going to give them $1,000? If you can't trust someone to take care of the people that he's given you, are you going to give them more? And so God is looking at all those things. He's looking at all of our lives, and he's saying, I want to do more. And so he's looking at us individually and corporally, and he's saying, I have a great plan for you. I gave you this 13 acres, now I want you to do something with it. But I want you to prepare because we'll be ministering to a whole different group of people over there. Are we ready for that? Fasting is hard. I told you three weeks ago it was hard. Some of you didn't believe how hard it was going to be. But the rewards are eternal. Uh, James 5, 13 through 18. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should complain. Well, that's what we do, right? No, you should pray. You should pray. That should be our first line of defense. Whenever we're having challenges, pray. Are any of you happy? We should sing praises. Thank God for what he's doing. Thank God for what he's done. 
Verse 14, James 5, 14. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. So we do that. We pray. We pray for people. Verse 15. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. Let me stop there. Ultimately, we pray in faith, believing that God will heal. But ultimately, it's, it's God's desire. I mean, it's his, it's his will. It's his will. Whatever his will is to be done. And so we have to yield to him. You know, there are people that we've been praying for, and they seemingly haven't been healed in the manner in which we would want them to be healed. But you know what? God is the ultimate healer. They are his children, his child, and he's going to make that decision. But that doesn't change the way we pray. That doesn't change the intensity in which we, we pray or, or uh, how much we pray for them. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. I know that when we pray, we're praying in faith. We believe. We know that God can heal. The second part of this scripture is, has been a little perplexing to me from time to time when I read it. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. So it would appear that there could be illness or sickness that's related to sin. Let me give you a couple of practical examples of that. Uh, say someone is involved in a homosexual relationship and they contract AIDS. Now, I know that not everyone that has contracted AIDS has come from inappropriate sexual behavior. Early on, there were people that got AIDS because of blood transfusions and things like that. But uh, consider this, too, that, um, you know, maybe somebody is an acute alcoholic and they get sick or they have uh, physical damage because of their drinking abuse or drug abuse or something like that. I remember a few years back, there was a, a person that came to our, our church, and he was struggling with severe alcoholism. His marriage was failing. He was about to lose his children and, and his marriage. And he, he came to the church, and uh, I prayed for him. Prayed that he would repent of his sins. And prayed that God would deliver him. See, sometimes people need deliverance because they, they can't break that chain of bondage on their own. And we prayed that he would be set free. And I don't know the exact status of his life now, but I, I think he's doing a lot better. A lot better. I mean, he's still married, still has a family together. And so there are times when I think our sin... I mean, yeah, our sin can lead to illness and, and sickness. So the, the point is the Lord is able to heal us physically and spiritually. But it takes us yielding to him and saying, Lord, I, I lay, here I lay my burdens down to you. What a great song, Make Room. And I love that Liz led us into uh, I Surrender All. Are we surrendering our life to him? Are we able to surrender our life to fast for a day or two? I mean, we should be able to do that when we look at all he's done for us and, uh, and seek him with our hearts and minds. 
Uh, James 5.16 goes on to say, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So, in order for me to confess my sins to someone or someone to confess her sins to someone else, what does it require? It requires a relationship of trust, right? You're not going to bury your heart and your soul and pull skeletons out of the closet and share them with somebody you don't know. So, this relationship that we talk about so often about having this relationship with the Lord and also one another is vital. The, James is saying, confess your sins to each other. None of us have the authority to forgive sins, but we can help one another. We can get godly counsel and wisdom from one another, right? If someone comes to you and has, a, has an issue they're dealing with, let's pray about this. Have you considered... Have you, have you asked the Lord to guide you? Are you willing to change and submit to the Lord and what he wants to do to your life? Because I find that most of our problems are due to lack of submission to the Lord. James 5.16 continues, The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Do we realize who we are in Christ? And the power that we have. The prayer of a righteous person. Who's, who's righteous? We are. How are we made righteous? By the blood of Christ. And so the Lord will take our lives. He will work through our lives. And he will speak into other people's lives. Sometimes when they need it. Sometimes when I'm working, I'm busy. I'm busy, I'm busy. Working, working, working. The Lord says, pick up the phone and text or call. Okay, yes, sir. Why? Why then? Couldn't it be like an hour later? No. Because maybe they need that word right then. Right then. It could be a matter of life and death for that person or for somebody. And so when the Holy Spirit prompts us to pray, pray, we need to stop and pray right then. So... Let's read on in uh, James 5.17. Elijah was a powerful man of God. Um, James is saying Elijah was as human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. I don't think that Elijah was just saying, ah, I'm kind of upset with you guys, so Lord, we don't want it to rain for three and a half years. I think he was seeing what the Father was doing. I think he was hearing what the Father was saying. And I think he was telling them, the king, it's not going to rain for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, verse 18, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. And if you know the story, he sent a servant. He said, go look and see if there's a rain cloud coming. Go tell the king he better get to where he's going because it's about to come a deluge. And he, he goes and looks. He says, no, I don't see anything. Okay, go back and look again. And he sees a little cloud. And he says, go back and look again. The skies got darkened, and it opened up, and it flooded. It rained. How much faith do you think it took for Elijah and these guys to go and say what the Father was saying? Every time he'd see the king, the king's like, oh, what? what? What bad news do you have to bring? I don't even want to see you. What, what's up now? 
Because God's heart is for people to turn them to himself, to have this relationship. Elijah heard the Lord. Okay, he heard. More importantly, he obeyed the Lord. And the results were the Lord moved powerfully. So again, my first point is seeking the Lord, listening to and obeying the Holy Spirit will lead us to pray according to the Lord's will, which is what we want. Second point, our relationship with the Lord and our obedience to Him leads us to a life of godly power. We have natural power. We, you know, we can open a, a bottle or we can lift a table or we have some power. But we need godly power working through our lives to touch and change the world around us. To bless others with. To be a blessing. You know, being a blessing is not just giving somebody a $100 bill. Being a blessing of love and encouragement and knowing that there's somebody that I can talk to when my heart is breaking. Or I just need a hug. What a blessing we can be. Or you run into somebody in the community and the Holy Spirit says they're dying to be loved. They have no hope. And he just might send somebody like you at what might seem to be a very inconvenient time for you to minister love and life and hope. Are we willing to do that? The third point, the Lord is doing something new and different in this season. We need to prepare. The Lord has already told us when he gave us the word in 2019, we're in a reset. We were in a reset. We didn't know that the whole world was about to be in a reset. And then in, in 2020, the world as we know it will soon come to an end. It was greater than COVID. And it's still changing. Look at what's happening in this nation. Look what's happening in this world. There is a shift going on. And we need to be sensitive to that. We need to be about the kingdom. Yes, we need to pray for America and the leaders and the, and the people in the world. But we're about building the kingdom of God. Because there are people around us that don't know Him. And God has placed them in our lives so that we could demonstrate the love of Christ and what this relationship is supposed to look like. So the Lord is doing something new and different in this season. And what I found is that generally, the Lord doesn't give additional instruction until you do the last thing He told you. So if He's told us to prepare, are we preparing? Are we taking His Word seriously? If we want to see Him move in the power He said we can, it requires our obedience. And last week, you know, I talked about how Jesus said, the same things I have done, and even greater, will you be able to do? Are we that connected with the Lord and that sensitive to the Lord that we're doing what He's asked us to do and following His commands? Delayed obedience is disobedience. 
Our hearts need to be open and ready to receive everything the Lord has for us. I guess if that's, I guess if, if I could condense this message to one phrase, that would be it. Our hearts need to be open and receptive to whatever the Lord wants to do. I believe the Lord is giving us clear direction, family. I don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. A lot of people don't know what's going to happen. Well, the Holy Spirit knows what's going to happen. So prepare. I want to share a couple of things. Uh, during this, this season of fasting, prayer and fasting, for me, um, it's been really good spending time with the Lord. I'll say that there hasn't been any thunder from heaven or lightning or no, the Lord didn't speak to me audibly, but I have gotten some clarity on some things. And I think one of the things that the, the Lord is doing is that He is doing some things behind the scenes. Maybe in the depth of our heart that we didn't even really know needed to be dealt with. Maybe giving us something that we didn't even know we needed that he's preparing us for more. And I think that he's doing something not only in our hearts and in our lives individually, but also as a church family, that he's doing something here, moving us all together, pulling us all together, and that he's, he's doing something corporately throughout the world. See, when, whenever we pray, we don't often know the results of those prayers. When we pray for Israel, when we pray for the leaders of this nation, when we pray for people, we, we don't really know. We may not know. We probably don't know. But we just read that the prayers of a righteous person are effective. You know, like, for instance, when, when the Lord prompts me to, to ask everyone to fast for 21 days, I don't have to know why. Well, why, God? I, I want to know why. Why do we? It doesn't matter why. He said it. I believe it. I receive it. It's up to me to do it. It's not up to me to figure out what the results are going to be or, how, you know, just do it. And so I, I sense that the Lord is doing in this season an internal work in all of us. And, and I, again, I want to thank all of you that, that fasted and prayed. I know some of you probably had never fasted before, and maybe you fasted for a day or two or, or whatever. You know, it's not about how much time you fasted. It's about spending time with the Lord. And, and I, want, I want us to, to understand some things, implement some things in our lives that we're going to need later on down the road. And I know some of you have maybe fasted before, but you've done an extended fast this time. And so God is doing something in our hearts and minds, if nothing more than challenging us to yield to what we're being asked to do. And so the Lord repeatedly uh, spoke through Isaiah, and, and he was reminding uh, them, and, and well, let me give you a little insight into Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. The Lord's reminding Isaiah of his power and what he's done for the children of Israel. He's taken them through. He delivered them from Egypt. 
Okay, I mean, he did a lot of things for them, but let's just start there. He delivered them from Egypt. They walked through the sea, and uh, he, he's telling them that he's going to deliver them from Babylon, too. Uh, he's reminding them of some of the significant events that the Lord has done for them. And so Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. But forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. <laughs> Splitting the sea, delivering them from Egypt. He's saying, oh, you know, forget that. Not really forget it, but the emphasis is here is I'm going to do something greater. I'm going to do something more. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do, for I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. I think that is a, a, a rhema word for today. I think that's a now word for today. God is doing something new. And even in the midst of all the chaos and all the craziness, God has a remnant of people that he wants to continue to pour through and work through. And listen, there's great opportunity for us to share the hope and the love of Christ. Are we prepared to do that? Are we prepared to be inconvenienced? Or, you know, ministry is a ministry of inconvenience a lot of times. It's not really convenient. People are hard to deal with. <laughs> People are a challenge. You know, some pastors said ministry would be great if it weren't for the people. But you know what? We're all in this together. And if we link arms and if we love one another, we can encourage one another, we can strengthen one another. We can walk this walk that, that Jesus has called us to and not just go down the path, but be highly effective. And the Lord can work through our lives, lives in such powerful ways that people are getting saved and delivered and healed and getting on fire for God. <laughs> I, I'm tired of the, the, the complacency in Christianity, and I'm not talking about us here. Come on, man. We have a lot to rejoice about and be excited about. And God the Father is pleased with us. When we obey, when we go out and minister to people, you know, it's not hitting somebody over the head with a 10-pound Bible. It's just living life. And the Holy Spirit is working through our lives. And there's natural fruitfulness, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the fruit of the Spirit that we can live in and walk through on a daily basis. And so clearly this is a new season that God has us in. But it's a, a season of great opportunity for us, for us personally to grow, to lean on and trust the Lord, and then yield to Him. So in closing, uh, I've asked three people to share a little bit. I, would Cliff, would you come on up? Uh, Cliff is an elder at Life Fellowship. He's a man of great integrity. And uh, you want to sit over here? And uh, a man of great spiritual stature. 
And I don't know that you'll find anyone that's more yielded to the Lord and submitted to uh, the leadership of, of this church, and uh, he is part of leadership too, and that, that really loves God. And, you know, when, when they have a, when they say servanthood in the dictionary, it's a picture of Cliff there. <laughs> so if you'll hold that up to you, and, and uh, you want to just share a little bit about this, uh, this season of prayer and fasting, if you would. Sure. Um, think about a fast. I can't remember how many times we've started this, and, but I love the mental clarity that comes when you quit eating food or cut back, whatever it is that God told you to do. But it's like a the, your, your sensitivities are increased. You, the fact that you cut back eating, it cuts back the energy needed to digest food, and it just redistributes it to the brain. I love that. So it's not only mental clarity, but it's also healing because your, uh, your body, once it quits getting food, it starts looking elsewhere for it. So it starts taking things away. And uh, anyway, I had to tighten the belt. So, but I love the fact that it, it allows me to kind of clear my digestive system. And it's, the, the neat thing about it also is a time that it gives you to seek after the Lord. Seek first the Lord. By the fact that we don't have to get a shopping list. We don't have to get out and fight the traffic. Go to the grocery store. Prepare it. Cook it. Clean the dishes. It's all that extra time that you get to spend with the Lord. Prayer, meditating over Scripture. And uh, when you, the fact that with a 21-day fast, it just allows you to set a goal. Something that uh, when you accomplish it, get through with it, it's quite accomplished that you found out you really didn't need food like you thought you needed. In the past, I was constantly thinking about when my next meal was. Now I know I can do without. Don't stop the water. Yeah. And uh, so, in closing, let's see, I had one more note. Better stewardship of money. If you're not eating, not going out to eat, saving money. Yeah. 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 Did you, uh, was there anything that the Lord shared with you, or did you get some clarity on some things maybe that you were praying for, or anything from that standpoint? Well, I just know that there's a, he wants us to remain sensitive to his word, to him, and so that we can obey, and uh, I mean, all the songs, that the, the worship music that we sang today just it just spells out everything we need to be doing. And it was just an amazing set. So, Thank you, Noe and Liz. I agree. All right, Cliff, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Love Pastor. you. Thank you. Either one. This is Lewis Perrin. He has been attending here for a long time. He's been an integral part of the Tech Arts team. And uh, just a great heart of serving as well. He used to come up every Saturday and put in the slides for us. 
and uh, just he's here early and uh, much like Cliff, uh, he's always willing and able to serve and whatever needs to be done, he's in. So would you share with us uh, about your experience the last uh, month, 21 uh, days? My fasting experience was, uh, was a, what I'm referring to as a step-up fast. I started out that first week uh, fasting uh, Sunday 6 p.m. to Wednesday 6 p.m. Then the next week I went Sunday 6 p.m. to Friday 6 p.m. And this week it's the full seven days. So it'll finally be ending yeah. <laughs> at 6 o'clock tonight. Great. And uh, now you're, you're a type 2 diabetic. I know that sometimes people have said, well... I shouldn't fast or can't fast because of this and that and the other. But you uh, found a way to do that. Well, I had a, I, I had help. Yeah, I really did. I went I went and talked to my doctor. Uh, had just a regular checkup back in back in uh, December, and uh, I suggested to him. I said, you know, I really want to do this. I would really like to be able to participate in this fast. And I expected uh, what I was going to hear was. No, you can't do that. Your body won't allow it, and that's not what I got. Uh, what I got was what is okay. that? <clears throat> I like that doctor. What's his? Yeah. Name? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, the the first words out of his mouth were all right, but let's be smart about it. And Absolutely. So he uh, he real quickly. So I'm thinking he's probably had this question posed to him before, but real quickly he said, "What you're going to have to do, Lewis, is uh, is." A, closely monitor what your blood sugar is doing, and B, when your body tells you or when your blood sugar uh, starts dropping the way it is, uh, you can take a third of a cup of plain yogurt. And by the way, guys, plain yogurt ain't good. Um, <laughs> but you take, you take a third of a cup of plain yogurt and you put a tablespoon of honey in it, or a teaspoon of honey, sorry, in, in that, mix it up, and you can have that, and that will stabilize. He said it's a long-term, the, what, whatever the combination of ingredients and things like that there are between the honey and the yogurt. It will stabilize the sugar release and will allow you to uh, not have to worry about the, the highs and the lows. Trust me, it doesn't fill you up any. It doesn't, you know, <laughs> it's nothing like that. But, uh, and, and it worked, and I've been able to typically a... Three ounce yogurt with a teaspoon of honey will get me through about 36 hours, and then I'll wind up having to do it again. So. Wow, that's really good. That's probably it'd probably be healthy for all of us. Yeah, uh, it would. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, uh, did you? What were the uh, results or implications of this fast for you spiritually? What uh, can you have well, anything to share? It it <clears throat> enlightened me, made it a whole lot more obvious to me that uh, God's provision is enough for us. Hmm. You know, he says, you know, God says, you know, you can do all things, through Christ, or the Bible says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens, uh, strengthens you. And, you know, and it's not just his grace is sufficient. It's his sustenance is sufficient, his um, provision. It's, it's, it's all of that is sufficient. You don't have to be dependent upon yourself. You don't have to be dependent upon your flesh. And you shouldn't be dependent upon that. And I think that's probably the biggest thing I've learned is that my dependency really is on Christ. Mm. The rest of it's just a comfort level. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think because we're so blessed, we don't really fully understand that. We don't have to worry about 
if we're going to be able to get clean water or have bread to eat or something like that or have a roof over our head. We're so blessed in this nation that we sometimes forget that our dependency is and should be on Christ, that he provides everything for us. Absolutely. And, you know, that was by far the biggest thing I, I picked up during this fast. I also, you know, from a less spiritual, more physical, I learned to that my body provides me a lot of uh, a lot of signs and, and and symptoms not symptoms but signs I guess is probably the right word of things that I really wasn't paying nearly as much attention oh. to you can actually feel when your blood sugar goes starts dropping and starts getting low and it's like okay yeah. now now respond um, my sense of smell holy <laughs> uh, I mean it's incredible yeah. you know things that I never smelt mm. before you know I uh, uh, I was preparing yesterday to take home that nice big trophy over there uh, by uh, by co- by cooking a brisket you know that I that I'm going to be using Hey come on show. now This is and why these guys shouldn't be allowed they cheat <laughs> And it's, it's, it's just amazing, every aroma, every spice, everything that you put on that, that meat, I mean, it's, it, it, was, it was amplified, yeah. and it was so much more real. Uh, and, you know, so what, this body that God gave us, it really is a masterpiece. It's amazing what it can do and what it's capable of if you pay attention to it, if you give it a little bit of uh, uh, leeway to be able to, you know, to talk to you and respond appropriately back to it. Yeah. And yeah. I'm so looking forward to a cup of coffee tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is amazing. Our bodies are amazing. I, I can remember when I worked in uh, industry, uh, it was enough to uh, handle one reaction, you know. And you've got multiple reactions happening within your systems that are so interconnected. And uh, I, I, want, I want to be clear, when, when we talk about fasting and prayer and the season of it, uh, we are talking about not eating, and so there are implications for our bodies and things like that. But the, the primary goal is that we seek the Lord and that we're hearing from Him. And also, but also along the, the physical aspect, it's important that we take care of our bodies. Because if God, uh, when God has called us to go uh, out of the country, we have to be in physical condition to be able to handle that. We've traveled with others that were physically not in good shape. And they hindered the rest of the team. And so uh, we can't go out and minister if we're not able to get out of bed or we don't have the capacity to walk five miles up a trail to minister to the Indians or whoever it may be if we physically can't do that. And so, you know, the, the word says that our body is the temple of God. The Holy Spirit resides in us. And so this is not about a physical health activity it's about seeking the Lord. But part of the benefit of us being healthy is that we can continue to do ministry in our 70s, 80s, 90s until the Lord takes us home. There should not be any retirement. We should be doing ministry until the, Lord, the time the Lord takes us home. But we can't do that if we're physically unable to do that. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to share? Uh, just real briefly, one of the, again, from the spiritual side of this, one of the things that I picked up most is that, you know, God wants to strengthen the relationship. And that doesn't happen without communication. Prayer is critical in this. You, got, you know, you can't have a relationship with a person that you don't talk to or that you don't communicate in some way with. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, 
more particular in the earlier part of the fast, in the three-day fast and things like this, I found myself really praying more often. Uh, and it got to where the, while the prayers weren't more often when I got into the five and the seven-day fast, they were deeper. They were more thorough. I was, you know, you know the prayer list that y'all have out, it was, okay, I went through that but I still had things I needed to say. I still had things I needed to communicate. I still had things I needed to hear from God on. And it got deeper so that, you know, fasting and prayer is a great improvement. Yeah. And I think that's what I've sensed during this season is that God is doing something deeper within us. Uh, When my wife and I are are on a trip, uh, an extended trip, we don't, necessarily talk the whole time now when we first met we'd spend hours on the phone but you know sometimes just being close to one another you don't have to have conversation all the time just the fact that you're together and I think that's what the Lord wants to do to do a lot of times is just be with us you don't have to be chatting and throwing our petitions out there and all of that just being with him holding hands yeah yeah, worshiping. I mean, yeah. just spending time in worship where we're just in his presence. So, anything else? I think that's it. All right, Lewis, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You can leave it on. Thank you. Karen Tudor. Karen is uh, uh, our children's ministry director. She is the wife of uh, Cliff. Uh, so, she is in... This one is fine? No, no, he said use Oh, okay. All right. No, he said use that one. Use that one then. Let me turn it on for you. Uh, so she is a, a tremendous servant like her husband. As an elder's wife, she also reflects um, the, the deep, intimate relationship with the Lord. And she's a, a great partner for Cliff. But uh, as, as Cliff is, is an elder, uh, Karen is a, a great partner with him in that she reflects the same heart and serves and gives and uh, is a wise woman of God. So would you share with us about your experience? Well, I would say this is really just my experience. I know some of you are very experienced in this uh, fasting, and, uh, and you would have wonderful things to say too, but this is how it happened for me. Um, when, when Pastor, I wanted to address something that you said this morning. It's funny, I had it in my, my notes to say, and that was when Pastor asked us to fast, what came, comes up with me all the time is resistance. I don't want to do it. <laughs> um, Karen? Yes, I know. <laughs> but but it, it was no small thing when Cliff and I decided that we were going to allow you and Pastor Christine to be our pastors. And for us, that means that we will accept the spiritual guidance that you give us, even if we don't want to do it. Um, and it, it really does come from a, a level of surrender to the hearts that you have for the people that are in the church, and we chose to be some of those people. And if our resistance is too great, then, you know, we have a conversation about that, and somewhere we come to terms about um, what God's saying, you know, in the message. So other than... Um, My own resistance, I had to go, okay, well, I've surrendered to this pastor giving me direction, and so it's something I need to do. He's very clear in his direction for, like, what, four weeks before you do it. 
Um, but also the idea that, that we've been hearing over and over to prepare. And being a military brat, I have a lot of experience with watching what my father did with the, under military direction to prepare. So that if you prepare and prepare and prepare, you go on maneuvers, you do all the different things that the military do to, to get ready for whatever they're going to do. When they get in the situation, they already know, I've been here before, I know I can handle this. Mm -hmm. And the idea that we would fast and prepare to go days without eating or with only one meal or with limited amounts of food accessible to us may be, in fact, something we need to be preparing for. And that if we've all done it before and we encounter people who are freaking out because their store shelves are empty and they can't get something and they have to have it, we can be the calming force in the community to say, it's okay, you can do this. I've done it before and you can do this. We can do this. That we would be more willing to share the provisions that we have because we know we can do with one meal or we can do with nothing for four days and we can willingly give what we have on our shelves to others. So this notion of prepare really also propelled me past uh, some resistances that I have. And I know too that the enemy always uses distractions in my life to keep me from doing something that I should be doing. So I, from previous fasts, I tried to set myself up that these distractions wouldn't be there. So I said, no social media, no television uh, during this entire 21 days. And of course the enemy found other little projects here and there and things that I had to shove in the spaces that I had really set aside for prayer but I recognized them as the distractions that they were, and they were from the enemy, and they were what they were designed to do. So I had to, because I would recognize it, I could push past it, because that distraction thing has been um, an issue my whole life. So um, in, the, in the fast, my experience of it was, um, it was uh, different than some people I've heard of talk about. Um, the first reaction I had to not eating food was to get super hyper it was like <laughs> like if you can imagine like it, I would like everything would make me like jittery and and my emotions would go from zero to a and I'd be like off over the top and you experienced one of those I know uh, yeah that was yeah that was good. I was like really wound up about oh. something and <laughs> pastor happened to be the one to hear I'm like whoa he was like whoa I'm like oh, this is the fast, this is what happens to me at the beginning. But then, just like, uh, you know, life, it comes crashing down, and then I just don't have any energy, and I'm weak and jittery from just, you know, lack of, of having food. And uh, although Cliff often speaks to the clarity, the mental clarity, my brain just gets fuzzier and fuzzier. But what happens is, when I go into prayer, that's when there's a clarity. That's when nothing, nothing distracts me because I'm fuzzy about all of that. And now I'm really focused in my prayer. And there's nothing happening except what's going on in my prayer time. And that I love and really relish during the latter part of the, of the fast. And I prayed hard for God to speak to me during this time. And well... Obviously, I'm more of a type A uh, projection, let's just say. Oh, <laughs> um, really? I didn't know that. But what God, what God spoke to me is that 
He's a God of second chances. And I don't have to be so hard on myself about getting it 100% the first time, every time, all the time, because God is a God of second chances. And the more I can forgive myself, the more I can forgive others around me. And that's the thing that, you know, connects us to each other. It's really the love and grace that we give to others and oftentimes lastly to ourselves. So that's good. That's my fast. Wow. (laughs) That was good. Thank you so much, Karen. So in in closing, and thank all of you. Thank you, Cliff, uh, Lewis, and Karen for sharing. And, And I know that uh, many of you would have stories as well. And, uh, but in closing, I, I want to just go back through the three points again. Seeking the Lord, listening and obeying to the Holy Spirit will lead us to pray in accordance with His will. Our relationship with the Lord and our obedience to Him leads us to a life of godly power. Godly power. The Lord is doing something new and different in this season. Let's be diligent to prepare and yield and allow him to do what he wants to do because there are lives that are hanging in the balance. Our, um, our life is, is in the mix of that where he's wanting to help us grow. The Lord really loves us. He really, really wants the best for us. So I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads. If you're here this morning and maybe you don't have a relationship with the Lord or you did at one point in time and you've walked away, if you'd slip up your hand, I want to pray with anybody here. Maybe you're watching online and you would say, that's me. Just pray this simple prayer with me, if you would. Just say, dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart, into my life. I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. I ask you to help me to yield my life to you. And I receive you now. I receive your forgiveness and grace and mercy. And I thank you for this new day. I thank you for this new beginning that's that's happening on January 23rd, 22. And I ask that you would just help me in this new relationship with you as I walk with you, as I trust you, as I learn to love you, as I yield to you, and that you would continue this work that you've begun today in my heart. And that as I read your word, it would come alive, that you would speak to me through your word. As I pray, I would hear your small, still voice speaking to my hearts. And most importantly, that I would feel your love, your transforming love in my heart that would change me. I want to pray one more prayer for you that prayed that prayer. Lord, I pray that you would honor their prayer. Lord, I pray that you would baptize them and fill them with the fire and the power of the Holy Spirit, that they would experience you in a dynamic way that would be life-changing, that would not only be life-changing for them, but would even be evident to others. And they'd say, what is it about you that has changed? And that you would bring health and healing and wholeness to their lives, spiritually, 
physically, emotionally, mentally, whatever's needed, Lord. So we pray all these prayers with great expectation in the all-powerful name of Jesus. And we thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.